Are we excited with the Seahawks and Commanders going defensive-minded with their head coaching hires? It's time to break that down. Plus, look at other off-season storylines as we begin another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Iron. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL fantasy and betting for SportingNews.com. Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majuk, researcher at NFL Network and fantasy analyst for NFL.com. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in your league, whether you're playing seasonal, DFS, in-season, out-of-season, year-round. We've got you covered. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day, your fantasy football team every day. This episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, Michelle, we finally have our last two head coaching hires and in a bit of a twist, maybe it's mild surprises, the Seahawks and Commanders they go with defensive guys. They go with Mike McDonald of the Ravens. He goes to Seattle, leaving his D.C. post. To, to had a great year. He was the Sporting News Coordinator of the Year. So he goes on here to Seattle. Seattle was really eager to hire him. And we thought Dan Quinn might be returning to Seattle. He once was the defensive coordinator under Pete Carroll. But instead, he replaces the defensive-minded coach who was in Washington, Ron Rivera, who got to Super Bowl 50, Dan Quinn got to Super Bowl 51 with the Falcons, so he's in that job there. Now, let's start in Seattle. Now, they're still looking for an OC, but again, we can kind of think about McDonald's philosophy as it ties to the Ravens. They moved on from Shane Waldron, who is now in Chicago with maybe Justin Fields, maybe someone else. So let's start with that. How do you think the offense will change in terms of its philosophy here with the defensive-minded coach? Yeah, this is a really interesting hire. Like the commanders, it kind of makes sense. They went defensive route because they have Eric Bieniemy there, but they let Shane Waldron walk to, he's now the OC for the Bears. He's been their OC for the last few seasons. Without Pete Carroll, this offense can look completely different. And I think what's most interesting is you have a lot of in, like really exciting young talent there with not only Kenneth Walker, but then also Zach Charbonnet, who was not used nearly enough last year right we thought maybe be more split it was really Kenneth Walker anytime he was healthy and then not only DK Metcalf but now you have Jackson Smith the Jigba it's going I was shocked Tyler Lockett led this team in targets and target percentage that should not happen like that should not be the case it should have been the case this past season and it definitely should not be the case moving forward he's talented sure but he's an older guy and like he should not be the focus of this offense it should be dk metcalf with jackson smith to jigba being the second target moving forward and that's what i'd like to see so i am really interested to see what you know who they bring in as oc hopefully we'll get that news this week that once they start figuring out who they want to bring in for interviews now that they have their coach but yeah, there, there's a lot to figure out with this offense. It could look completely different now without Pete Carroll and their OC from the last few years. 
Yeah, if you look at it, there's been a lot of change, right? We transitioned from Russell Wilson under Brian Schottenheimer, Wilson under Waldron, then we went Geno Smith with Waldron with the side of Dave Canales, then Canales left, and Waldron was there, and now Canales is going from the Buccaneers to the Panthers. So a lot of changes have happened, right? And one thing I would think about is look at the correlation of where Mike McDonald was and the type of offense they're running. Now, I'm not going to say that they turned Geno Smith into Lamar Jackson, but the key for that Ravens team was jumping on teams, right? Throwing deep, getting leads. So Mike McDonald's pass rush could be put in great positions to succeed. Now this team, even though they got Leonard Williams, who by the way, is a free agent, they traded for him mid season. They weren't very good against the run really. So they tried to improve that a little bit, but again, it was bad. I mean, a lot of their pieces are meant to rush the passer. And we know that the Ravens under McDonald led the league with 60 sacks. So they're going to have maybe a committee approach to getting pressure on teams. And to do that, to put pressure and avoid your run defense, you got to have an offense that can be explosive and have leads and play in that way. So you got to put things together. We'll get the exact scheme and maybe the wrinkles that you're going to have with some influence. But typically with defensive coaches, they let the offense be the offense unless they get really old school conservative. So there's two ways to look at like, okay, I want my offense to be aggressive so my defense can tee off, but then you could say, eh, I want to play ball control and play defense. But I think right now, modern coaches, McDonald is smart, right? They went from a 72-year-old Pete Carroll, the oldest coach in the league, to the youngest at 36, so half his age. So he's going to be thinking forward, right? That's what the Ravens were thinking, right? They didn't stick with the Greg Roman kind of thing. So I think you're going to have a forward-looking offense here, and that means forward-looking with personnel too. So I think DK Metcalf has to be the centerpiece. Jackson Smith Najigba has to take over from Tyler Lockett as being that versatile other target that you can put in the slot and outside. So I think it's actually going to work out well. Now, my only question there is how well is going to G- Geno Smith going to execute this, right? There's a lot of change for Geno Smith. Keep in mind, he was the backup to Russell Wilson with Waldron. So he had experience in that system. Then he had the influence of Canales. Canales leaving did not work out well for Geno Smith. Now you have Waldron leaving. So I don't know what you're going to get from Geno. So I think that's the thing is maybe the Seahawks have to turn the page at quarterback sometime soon here. I mean, Geno's on a three-year deal, but I think when you look at it, I think that's going to be the biggest question going forward. Do they go after that franchise quarterback now in this offense? Yeah, unfortunately, I think they stick with Geno, at least for one more year. I don't know if that's the right way to go, but they don't really – I don't think there's an easy way for them to upgrade at quarterback right now. So I still think Geno Smith is going to be under center for at least one more year. But then with the commanders, we know they're getting a different quarterback, right? Number two overall pick, you you would expect them to either go with Drake May or Caleb Williams, whoever's sitting there at the top. And Eric Bieniemy now is still going to be the offensive play caller. When Ben Johnson, we all expected Ben Johnson to land with the commanders, maybe the offense is going to change, right? Because Ben Johnson would have been there. But now that they hired Dan Quinn, this is still going to be Eric Bieniemy's offense. And what do we expect now with a young rookie quarterback that's going to be top tier rookie quarterback, right? Like they're going to come in expected to do a lot right away in the rookie season. Do we think this is good for guys like Terry McLaurin and will Jahan Dotson ever be something like Curtis Samuel is currently a free agent. So it should be these two that are the wide receiver one, two on their team. Yeah. I think when you look at the Seahawks situation, right with uh, their backfield and Kenneth Walker, 
I'm not sure like how are they going to work that in and be conservative or aggressive, right? There's a little bit of question mark there, but with the commanders, I think having Eric be enemy there, I think they definitely want to be more aggressive, right? I look at this and say, they have some great weapons, as you mentioned, McLaurin and Dotson and Brian Robinson Jr. can be pretty explosive, but I think he's more of a complimentary back to close things out. Kind of like Kenneth Walker is in a way where he's not necessarily that, full workload type of guy there needs to be maybe someone who can get in the cat pass catching role right if it's not antonio gibson look somewhere else for that type of dedicated back and we've seen that right eric Bieniemy has split his backfield before and we saw some of that this year so that's a little bit better right where we have some clarity where the oc is staying so they liked what was going on there it's just getting the right quarterback right i don't think sam howell's the answer so they'll have to pivot from him we know that with number two overall now, Caleb Williams would be ideal, right? You put him in there, then you'd be feeling like he could be C.J. Stroud, right, from this year. He's that talented, and the weapons are there to get it done. But if you go in a different direction quarterback, you're going to be scratching your head a little bit. So when you look at this, I think Dan Quinn, keep in mind, when did he get to the Super Bowl? 2016. He had Kyle Shanahan, explosive offense. Matt Ryan was the MVP that's what carried him to the Super Bowl, right? So he knows that. He's been great as the Cowboys defense coordinator, good resurrection of his career there early, what he did in Seattle, kind of paralleled what he did in Dallas there. But he also knows you got to have an explosive offense. I mean, same thing with McDonald, right? You need to have an offense that can put you in position to tee off on the quarterback. And that's going to be the biggest thing. I think they're going to go through some lumps here defensively. They let Monta Sweat go in a trade to the Bears. They traded Chase Young away. Their pass rush is not very good. Their free agents include Kendall Fuller and Cameron Curl. So this could be an ugly, ugly defense because those are their two best secondary players and their secondary stinks. So if that's the case, Dan Quinn's going to need time to fix that. And what are, what else did we see, right, from Dan Quinn last year with Mike McCarthy? They had a wide-open passing game. So this could actually be really good for that rookie quarterback when you tie the enemy, the weapons, maybe working on an offensive line that overachieved last year. Yeah, I think the biggest question mark is can Terry McLaurin ever score touchdowns? Because yeah. so far throughout his career, he, will. Yeah. he 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 hasn't though, right? It's been four, five, five, four. You need more than that. And I know he's had really bad quarterbacks, so you know you upgrade. But also, rookie quarterbacks don't normally throw too many touchdowns. It's not like everyone's going to be a CJ Stroud, and even CJ Stroud himself. It's not like he threw forty touchdowns out there. He didn't even break the rookie record. So. It's going to be hard to trust these guys with a rookie quarterback. I probably will stay away from this offense. Besides Brian Robinson, I think that you you brought that up. I think it's a good sign that we know what his volume is most likely going to be because the enemy is staying there. You know he's going to get most of the volume on the ground. Uh, and then, of course, hopefully they bring in another guy that can you know, be the pass catcher there that won't take up too much of his volume on the ground. Yeah, what I'd like to see – this uh, offense become like is maybe more versatility for Terry McLaurin, right? Use him inside outside like they do with Rashi Rice, who is uh, correlated there to the chief style of offense. And then you look at another level there is Dan Quinn, right? CD Lamb. I mean, that was a big factor. Just pepper this guy with targets, open things up elsewhere for your guys. So there's some hope that we'll see a better season out of Terry McLaurin. And really what I love is Caleb Williams and Terry McLaurin to get on the same page and become like Nico Collins and Stroud. We'll see. That could be a dream that may not happen depending on what the Bears do at number one. So a lot of things to be sorted out, starting with quarterback with the commanders. We will get into 
actually a pretty good hire for the Falcons, I think, for their offense coordinator. I think Michelle might be agreeing with Arthur Smith in Pittsburgh. We'll get into that. But first, got to hear from a couple of our fine sponsors. All right, this episode of Locked On Fantasy Football, as I told you at the top, is uh, brought to you by LinkedIn. And look, it's pretty good for you if you're a small business that you've got LinkedIn to lean on. Because at the start of a new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What is one move you can make that'll take your business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that all your success depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Job has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours from LinkedIn Jobs. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires for leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resource to hire. That's why they're there to help. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free, linkedin.com slash locked on the fell. It's linkedin.com slash locked on the fell to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. This episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is also brought to you by DoorDash. Yeah, we know what's coming up. And before we have the big game, you might be settling in for the Grammys or something like that and watching some action this Sunday. Maybe it's the Pro Bowl games, all that good stuff. Well, DoorDash is going to have you covered, right? I mean, if you need a break and not go out and you just want to make sure that the food or whatever you need comes to you, you got to trust DoorDash will deliver there for you. So check it out. You get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend 15 or more on your first order. All you have to do is download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCK23. That's, again, check check it out there that you can look at at DoorDash. Again, they'll get you covered on game day. Whatever you need, chips, dips, nachos, everything you need to make your own bar there for the big game, pizza, wings, soda burners, all your favorites for game days. Whether you're ordering from a favorite local restaurant or getting something from the grocery store, DoorDash has you covered so don't forget to use that promo code there for 50 percent off up to ten dollar value this lock 23 just download the doordash app and spend 15 dollars more subject to change terms do apply all right michelle it's uh time to get into our next big coaching reaction here for fantasy football look they hired a rams defensive coordinator in atlanta to replace what they had in Arthur Smith. Why not get a Rams offensive guy? So Zach Robinson, no relation to Bijan, comes in, but you think that he's going to really help Bijan given what he did with Kyron Williams last year. And Kyron, we know, was a much later draft pick than Bijan Robinson. Yeah, I think it's huge because with Arthur Smith, he was there, you know, he was Tyler Algier's coach during his rookie season and Algier did good, right? He yeah. He's not a bad running back. I don't want to say that. Like Algier's a really solid running back. So then when you go into Bijan Robinson's first year, obviously Arthur Smith is still going to trust Algier and give him a lot of carries and he gave him too many, right? It went too far. 
Um, and I think with the new OC now, he has no obligations to feel bad about, you know, Tyler Algier whatsoever getting touches. I think Bijan Robinson sees a huge upgrade here. Hey, he already saw so many targets. So that's a good first sign, right? 86 targets last year, and they did not throw the ball all that often. I do expect the Falcons to throw more this year as long as they find a viable quarterback. That's a whole other discussion. Uh, but I, I do. I think Bijan Robinson's going to take a huge step forward in fantasy points next year. And that's where the question I have for you, like where are you taking him in fantasy drafts in 2024? Besides Christian McCaffrey, what other running backs are you confidently saying I need a draft over Bijan? That's a good question. I mean, you look at the Rams history, whether it's uh, Sean McVay or their guys that have spread around the league, Zach Taylor, right? It's pretty much been a lot of Joe Mixon, even though they've had some other backs in there work into the mix, right? This is pretty much a one-back offense. You could go all the way back to Todd Gurley, right? They want to give one guy majority of touches. Now, with Bijan, I think what adds another level here for him is that he's a great receiver. So you know he can get good volume. You know Kyron Williams sometimes wasn't used in the passing game as much. You think that's the number one thing they're trying to do. And Arthur Blank has to know, look, we need to score points. We've got these offensive guys. Let's get them on the field and get them going here. And look... I think that's great for Bijan, and they're going to have to probably lean on a rookie quarterback here. I'm hoping it's like a J.J. McCarthy or Bo Nix, someone who's a little bit accurate, can play off that offensive line in the running game. So some things you can definitely look at here with Bijan, but I would expect the volume is there. Now, in terms of where I would draft him, Michelle, I'm going to tell you what my ideal draft is going to be like already. If I get the 12 spot, I would like to get Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs in some order and just... And, and relax. I don't like, think there's yeah. any way Bijan will yeah, last till the I know. That's not going to happen. But you never know. If people take those wide receivers that we talk about at the top, like it could shake things up. And if someone wants to take Kyron Williams, please go do it. I'd rather have Bijan Robinson or Jameer Gibbs easily. So I think, yeah, you go McCaffrey. I think you go there. But Austin Eckler is not in there. He's not anything anymore. So Kyron Williams, again, could break down. He's a smaller later round pick. I want to go with the pedigree, right? So, yeah, it may not be anyone else. It could be McCaffrey, Bijan, Gibbs, and I want to start there because they have so much explosiveness. So I'm really excited about the hire. Robinson to Robinson, I think it's going to be great here for Atlanta's back. And, look, I think we'll see less of Tyler Alger. He's not going to be annoyingly involved. He's going yeah. to get a few handful of touches, and that's what we're going to do now. Quarterbacks, we don't know what's going to go on here. I mean, good point that you made here in our notes that – Look, the Rams have been veteran quarterback everything. We've gone to Jared Goff, and then they went to Matthew Stafford. So we're not sure what he's going to do with a young quarterback, right? Presuming they're not going to stick with Desmond Ritter or Taylor Heineke and use that draft pick. So something to look at, but I would think you, you look at the skill sets, and that's what I have in my mock draft. Like, look at the skill sets of what do you have with Bijan. So you only have a good running game. You have a pretty good run-blocking offensive line. you got two pretty good – intermediate receivers there if you want to use them in Kyle Pitts and Drake London. So I think you're looking for an accurate quarterback who can kind of fit in the system. And I look at it, right? It's yet another team, I think much like the Vikings with Kevin O'Connell. That's another team I didn't mention. They were pretty much a one-back team for the most part, right? They, if there's an injury and in going in that direction. But strong-arm quarterback, pocket-type passer, I think of Michael Penix, right? That's the type of player that I would think I would want all these teams to go after. Unfortunately, there's only one Michael Penix, so maybe another team settling for Bo Nix or J.J. McCarthy. But, yeah, so I say that he has the potential to develop a quarterback. Well, it just has to be the right fit with the other offensive skill players. 
Yeah, and talking about those skill players, I think that's what's going to make it so interesting with Drake London and Kyle Pitts, right? Does yeah. I mean, we've seen Rams wide receivers now have a ton of success. Now, Zach Robinson wasn't the play caller, so it's not going to be yeah. apples to apples here. But can Drake London fill in a type of role for that Puka Nakua did? But also at the same point, uh, same time, he's not going to have Matthew Stafford, right? Again, we don't know who the quarterback will be. We do not know if Zach Robinson can is capable of developing a quarterback because he's yet to have to do it in his career. So lots of question marks there. I, I think the question is too hard right now to answer for Drake London. But let's ask, let's talk about Kyle Pitts oh, real quick. All right. Ken, are you moving <laughs> him up your rankings with this new hire or will he continue to disappoint? Because over the last two years, he has averaged 7.9 fantasy points per game. That's in full PPR. That's over the last two years. Tyler Conklin has averaged the same exact amount. Jawan Johnson has averaged more. Pat Fryermuth, Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby have all averaged more than Kyle Pitts. What are we doing with him? Yeah, I think the one thing Zach Robinson might look at is, do you want to use Kyle Pitts more what he really is in the end? A slot receiver, right? You have Cooper Cup and Pukunuku. I'm not saying these guys are going to be these two, but use Kyle Pitts as a slot receiver. That's really what he can maximize. Then you'll get some really nice mismatches, get him inside, and work him away from inline, right? I think that's where you would get the value of Pitts. So that transition could happen. Now, the other thing I'm going to pay attention to, and you think with the young quarterback, right, Desmond Ritter, but we didn't get a good read, right, on them having chemistry with Pitts or London, really. It was kind of random from week to week, depending on the matchup. If London was covered, it was done. Like, there's no Drake-London game. But if you had a good matchup, okay, they threw Drake-London. Now we're, we're going to watch whoever that rookie quarterback is that we presume that they're going to take him first round. Let's watch all the reports early. When that kid gets into May minicamp, who does he feel most comfortable with? Is it London? He's got great size and can line up everywhere. Keep in mind, he was the first receiver taking a class with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. So he does have that kind of upside talent out of USC. We've seen it. We've seen a big game out of him this year. It took a while, but it came. So I think just watch that carefully. Who does the guy feel most comfortable with? Who does he bond with immediately, right? Does he find an Nico Collins? Then does one other develop like the Tank Dell? So watch that carefully. All those reports of what this rookie quarterback is doing. And then you'll realize, okay, I might want to bump up London or take down Pitts or vice versa. So something I would definitely look at here with this hire. So I, I'm I'm hopeful, Michelle. I mean, could it get any worse? I mean, you had a lot of offensive <laughs> skill players the last three years, consecutive first rounds. They've taken these guys consecutively. Arthur Smith didn't know what to do with them. So we got to be hopeful that his replacement will know what to do with them. Yeah, it all depends on draft costs for me. If people finally lay off of him a little bit and let him go cheap, I'll be down to give him a chance. But there's always people like you who will always believe in him and try, still draft him in like the fifth round. So then I'll have to be out. But we'll see where his price ends up. To end today's show, we're going to start our countdown of the top 10 biggest fantasy storylines to follow during the off season. And we're going to start with number 10 to give you a little bit of sneak peek. And then we'll go through the rest over the next few episodes here. Uh, before we dig into all that fun stuff, let's talk about another one of our sponsors. Prize picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. 
Uh, they are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks. All you have to do is pick more or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize Picks adds a ton of excitement to the sports viewing experience. Players can choose from a vast selection of sports and stat types not offered anywhere else. They even offer a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Vinny and I will go through our favorite prize picks for Super Bowl 58 next week. But if you want to get in on the action early, my favorite pick for Super Bowl 58 is Christian McCaffrey, more than 90 and a half rushing yards. To get started, all you have to do is go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. I'm excited to dig into these top storylines. We're going to start at number 10. All right. And it's the Vikings quarterback situation. And it's number 10 and not higher because I truly believe Kirk Cousins will stay with the Vikings. But this is a top storyline to watch because if he does not, that's going to mess with a lot of fantasy players value uh, this offseason. So let's start here. Do you believe Kirk Cousins will stay with the Vikings? He's reportedly is asking for $90 million guaranteed for two years. So about $45 million a year. There's some people freaking out about that, but I actually don't think that's a crazy price. I think it's pretty fair for him. Yeah, it's pretty fair that he's not asking to be the highest paid quarterback in the league, which he was for a short period of time for the Vikings before everyone got crazy. And we went to the 50 million and the 55 million and where we're at now with Joe Burrow and, the class from last year, including Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson. So look, 45 is a bargain right now. I hate to say it, but the salary cap keeps going up. These salaries are getting close to 60 million. I'm not saying that Brock Purdy is going to get there as the next guy due for contract of note, right? In 2025, because there's no one this year, right? I mean, the first round that we had is going to delay that a little bit. We're not going to get those type of big, big deals yet. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, we'll see, right? I don't know if he's going to push that high, but I think it'll kind of be kept where it is, is my point. And 45 million is not bad, right? For two more years, 90 million guaranteed. I mean, that's the going rate for a quarterback. I mean, the Vikings have been in a tough salary cap situation. They've slashed a little bit. I think they want to rebuild, but they also realize, look, we want to stay competitive. And what else are they trying to do, Michelle? They're trying to keep Justin Jefferson happy yeah. for another few years. And if you get the deal done, then you transition. Maybe you still look at drafting a quarterback that you could develop that isn't Jaron Hall or somebody like that. I, I think they had another guy, Kellen Bond, <laughs> came through that wasn't a future, right? Let's get somebody that actually could develop and you're a starter, and then we can get, do that a little bit more. So I don't know how Cousins will feel about that, but again you can't worry too much about his feelings but right now you go get him for two more years i think that'll ease his pain a little bit if you give him 90 million guaranteed over two years keep him with justin jefferson have a nice end to his career like it's been good the vikings have been very good to him in terms of the numbers and the production a good cap to the end of his career getting in the playoffs and having all those comebacks last year so when you look at it i think one thing i'm pretty sure about if kirk cousins doesn't return i, I think we're pretty confident that that's the best option for him and the team. If he doesn't return, however, I don't want any of these guys anywhere near the starting quarterback job. I would prefer a rookie, honestly. 
Yeah, that, that's the whole question here. And I think both sides of this, like, I don't think there's a better landing spot for Cousins than in Minnesota. And who in the world are the Vikings going to go get at quarterback if it's not Kirk Cousins, unless they want to, you know, take a quarterback in the later first round and go that route. I mean, I think that's really their only other option, right? And in that case, I don't know how happy Justin Jefferson's going to be. And you're hoping he signs a long extension with you as well. He's already stated that he wants to see where Cousins lands before he signs an extension. Now, you brought up, like, you can't really follow around Kirk Cousins. He's already an older quarterback. Like, what? Yeah. Like Justin Jefferson, you're not going to be able to do that for your career. But I do think that's a big piece of this as well. Now, let's just assume for a second that Cousins does leave. How far does that mean you're dropping Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, and TJ Hawkinson? Because that affects all three of them. I mean, Jefferson's going to get his, right? He's going to be able to overcome bad quarterback play. We already saw it this year. But the touchdown production is what I'd be most nervous about. Like, at this point, then, would he drop down to a late first-round pick instead of early? Yeah, when I look at it, okay, let's just give you a guy. I'm just going to throw out a random name. There's no connection to any team that you follow whatsoever. Say Mason Rudolph is who they sign, you know, like a bridge quarterback, right, after what he did at the end of the year. Like, would I drop Justin Jefferson? Probably not, right, because Mason Rudolph was pretty good to George Pickens and the top receivers and what they need to do. Now, I would definitely drop Addison, right? He's still a young receiver finding his way. So I think he needs a little bit of an experienced arm there. So – and I think if you have a rookie, right, who's he going to trust? Jefferson and then tight end, and you'll go with Hawkinson. So it really depends where you're going. And I think definitely Addison was, would be the guy I fade. But when you look at Jefferson, the Hawkinson are just too good. And keep in mind, with all this quarterback mess they had, replacing him with Nick Mullins and Josh Dobbs and Jaron Hall and all these things they tried to do with Kirk Cousins, they couldn't really keep all three guys on the field. Hawkinson was injured late. Jefferson was injured for a chunk. Jordan Addison was a rookie. So you didn't really get to see all three on the field at their full power in terms of being involved in the offense together. And I think another thing that's going to help is they're going to say goodbye to KJ Osborne. So that's another source of rando targets that are gone. That was a legitimate guy, right? He was lining up and starting. Now you will see probably more 12 personnel where you only see Addison and Jefferson on the field. They don't worry about Osborne. So I think that helps too. So I think it's pretty much status quo with these guys, a slight downgrade for Addison, but uh, I wouldn't go nuts. I think Jefferson, I might put beyond those other receivers that we've talked about, CeeDee Lamb, Tyree Kill, Jamar Chase, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, right? That's reasonable, right? To put him behind all those guys, especially coming off injury. If you go there, if it's Cousins back, I think you go right back to Jefferson at the top of that list as the elite. And then Addison would be a really strong wide receiver too. And Hawkinson would obviously stay as a strong tight end one. Yeah, I I think for uh, fantasy football, we really need Cousins to stay there. <laughs> the only other option I can see where I'd be excited for fantasy is if he signed with the Falcons. Uh, because we just brought up Zach Robinson. We don't know if he can develop a quarterback, right? Yeah. But we do know he can work with already very well-developed quarterbacks. And, I mean, he got Jared Goff in 2019 after Goff broke out in 2018, right? And then he gets Matthew Stafford to, to work with. That already was fantastic when he got him. So now Cousins would be like that same type of guy, very similar type of quarterback there. Uh, so I would like that fit with the Falcons, and I think that would make us excited about Kyle Pitts for sure and Drake London and get us really excited that's really the only other fit i can see him at across the league it's either the vikings which i would love stay there and then if i have to have a second option to be the falcons well i'll throw out one more team for you is a return to washington and the commanders 
because they there could be a lot of things in play, right? They want to impress Kirk Cousins again. There's a relation to Dan Quinn and the Kyle Shanahan type of offense. Remember, Kirk Cousins was the OG type of guy in the Shanahan offense that was doing really well, and we know that Kyle Shanahan wanted him for a long time. It just didn't quite work out. So maybe there's some things there, like okay, I can make Kirk Cousins a potential MVP. We've got weapons. I want to go and work on everything else, right? I want the draft picks for defense. I want to make a blockbuster trade, something like that, and uh, really change the way we're going with their approach, right? Be veteran with the quarterback and go get a lot of young defensive help there for Dan Quinn, who's a very good schemer and has done that with a lot of very good young players. So I wouldn't rule that out. I mean, for another reason, I think he had a good time in Washington. That's like his other home in the NFL. So I, I think that's the only reason. But again, clearly... Vikings still greater than any other option here for him because of, again, familiarity, the offense, he fits really well with uh, Kevin O'Connell. So we would like to see him stay. So that's a good storyline. Again, we'll get into more. We'll break down three more storylines for you tomorrow in depth, like we did with this one. Then we'll have some on Monday, some on Tuesday, and then we'll get into the fun with Super Bowl 58 with all the ways to look at it, betting and the props, and of course, the price picks, picks of the week, and of course, the DFS lineup. So we'll have a lot of good stuff there for you next week. But check us out tomorrow as we continue our look at the biggest storylines of the offseason. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. And I'm Michelle Majuk. Bye, y'all.